0: Right, back at it. Warm coffee, beautiful winter day here in Hawks Bay, and we're with uh, Greg K. Allison. Do, do you always use the K? Uh,
1: only on official business.
0: That's that's kind of a good thing, you know. It kind of makes it like uh, makes you sound maybe more important than you are. Or? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I was going for.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, or better known on Twitter as at what's your handle again?
1: Yeah, it's it's Greg K. Allison. <laughs> There you go. There you go.
0: There you have it. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why I've had you in here. You seem to be entrenched in, uh, and passionate about not only the New Zealand wine industry, but uh, just wine overall. And, um, uh, but you're also uh, somebody, probably this, yeah, the second person I've talked to who isn't a winemaker by trade, but is also an expat in Hawke's Bay. Uh, and kind of bringing uh, something different, maybe a little more of an upfront attitude to the Kiwi wine scene. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always say the Kiwis are a bit passive and laid back, and sometimes it needs some of us loud fuckers from the, <laughs> from the northern hemisphere to shake things up. Fair enough. Um, but uh, that being said, uh, you, like you said, you're from England. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And northeast. you told me northeast England. So, for people who know nothing about England, what would that be near something what, uh, related to?
1: Okay, so um, born and raised uh, just just south of Newcastle upon Tyne. That's okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's our capital of the northeast. So Newcastle
0: I'm, ale, the brown ale. Yeah, the ale. brown
1: ale. A, yeah, but the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. there'll
0: be a lot of people that know that out there. That yeah. was actually one of the first. Great English beers that came over to my family's restaurant in Philly back in oh, yeah. the sorta of early mid nineties. I always like that beer. And then I do remember from when I worked at a bar in the Carolinas, they used to do pour New Guineas. So it was half Newcastle, half Guinness. <laughs> Instead of like a harp Guinness kind of half and half yeah, yeah, yeah. or a bass Guinness. Hey,
1: I've not heard of that one. We've to try that. New
0: Guinea, yeah, it's pretty good. It's basically just a brown mess. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, and so currently you work at PASC?
1: Yeah, that's right, I'm at PASC Wine. I've been there about two and a half years now, a bit more.
0: And you're in sales there?
1: Yeah, I do the marketing.
0: And did you just get back from a trip somewhere?
1: Um, yeah, well, I, well, it was a, it was a personal trip back to the UK. Yeah, okay, but that's right. I thought I few, saw you were overseas. Yeah, I caught up with a few wine contacts there as well, and then, uh, just this week back from, uh, two with Hawke's Bay Wine Growers doing the Hot Red, mm-hmm. that was Wellington and Auckland. So,
0: that was in Auckland.
1: Yeah, and Wellington.
0: So the Hot Red, they do Auckland, Wellington. Do they do that in Sydney or something too? Don't or They, oh, they do? did a
1: few years ago, but uh, now it's just the two cities in, mm-hmm. uh, in New Zealand.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the response there was pretty good? It's pretty good, actually, yeah. Um,
1: especially for the consumer events. Uh, I think both of them were uh, were a sellout, uh, so it's a ticket-only event. Um, so, yeah, that was great to see.
0: And what's that, like a tasting or a dinner? or? No,
1: it's, it's a tasting. So there was about uh, 29 wineries. Mm-hmm and uh, just set up in a in a big room, and uh, we have our table set up, and then people can come and taste. Um, you know, they can choose who they want to taste. They can mix and match.
0: Yeah, um, walk around with a glass and have at it. Yeah. That's good.
1: Yeah, so it's good. So you get a lot of um, key principles, a lot of winemakers there. Um, so it's good to have the consumers kind of engaging with with the main people.
0: And for people sort of outside New Zealand who don't know not a lot about um New Zealand wine is Hawks Bay what they offer is sort of the bigger reds yeah. sure
1: yeah so yeah the event started off um, with just the reds, hence the name hot red mm-hmm. um, but since then they've, uh, they've opened the opened the door so any wine can, can come along from uh, Hawks Bay yeah. yeah 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 so I mean uh, you know you're gonna see more Chardonnays than, than any other white variety but yeah. uh, there' were some alternative varieties there which was, uh, which is good to see yeah uh, some interesting stuff going on
0: besides just Pinot. Out <laughs> of New Zealand, you know um, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, sorry,
1: yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Um, yeah, no, there's uh, some good stuff. Uh, a couple of Gruner Veltliners, um, uh, Sauvignon Gris.
0: Um, Who does Sauvignon Gris? Uh, Clearview ah, and okay. uh,
1: Church Road have got one as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coop series, or oh, what was the Coop series? And, no, the Grun- they, and
0: the Gruner is uh, Lime Rock, right? They do Lime, Lime? Rock, yeah. And anyone else? I'm really putting you on the spot here. Yeah, I think here. Uh, Cooper's Creek do one. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: and then the, the other examples I've tried have been from Marlborough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Conrad and uh, St Clair, which is actually pretty smart.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, I like St Clair's wines. They got a nice range of sort of top and affordable stuff and everything. Yep. Well, it's good. And um, as far as the you know what New Zealand, well, say what Hawkes Bay wine growers do. That's one of their bigger events during the year. Uh, what else do they do that you're a part of, or that you see, or?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes on behind the scenes hmm. that uh, the public might not kind of get to know about. Um, a lot of it's to do with the regional tastings, and um, you know, obviously we get a lot of media coming through, and uh, so James Medina at Horsa Wines he'll host them, and um, we will. Um, he's
0: American Canadian or American? Yeah, yeah he's right.
1: American. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so he, he'll take them through. Uh, a snapshot mm-hmm. of, of the region on our behalf. Um, occasionally, um, there'll be other winemakers jumping in to help out.
0: Do they do that at the, like, center down there in Napier, or do they kind of just do it at the office? They do it
1: at the office, which was the the opera house, but oh, they just have to shift now. Yeah, that's of, uh, right. The they were upstairs.
0: Issues, so where, where did they end up? The IT. Oh, because... It's uh, where we all end up, isn't it? I heard the other day that the Hawke's Bay Opera House will be closed for up to two years, possibly, because it's not earthquake-safe. That's right. The realities of New Zealand. (laughs) sucks. (laughs) But
1: it was only just refurbed, you know, in the last few years. I know. It's such a great venue.
0: I've seen some awesome shows there, and uh, it's like a treasure to have in the middle of wine country this, like, awesome opera house, and I've actually seen opera there, and I've seen bluegrass there and yeah, uh, right. just and hip-hop and whatever else i've seen there it's been really a great place so that's a bit of a loss for the town but i'm sure there's some other venues licking their chops knowing they get the yeah, yeah. some good acts when they come through
1: No, oh, but look it'll be good for hawkesbury Bay to be based at the it you know you've got the the wine school there mm-hmm. that's going to get some good links forged
0: yeah um, oh that's good well good i'm a i'm a graduate alumni of eit yeah part so. of my uh, alumni campaign though i never really hear from them or anything um so what else i mean do you think that what else could hawks bay be doing to to get it out there a bit because you know i i assume oh this is actually a good question when i go to the states when i talk about hawks bay i either get Oh, that sounds cool. Where is that? Where is that? Oh, North Island, okay, they, which usually means they know nothing about New Zealand sure. outside of. I've had Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, or I've had Central Otago Pinot mm-hmm. or something, uh, or I get even, you know, I wouldn't say like at Master Psalms or something like that, but you know, your your average wine buyer or master or or Som who knows enough about wine would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, North Island, right? Uh, East Coast, they do good reds there, right? Sur- or they go, Syrah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it much more recognized in the UK, where you just came from? Um, right, because it, I know we send a decent amount of wine there.
1: Yes and no, it's uh, it's certainly changing, but um, I think still the mindset is that New Zealand is more Sauvignon Blanc and Central Otago Pinot Noir. But uh, interestingly, um, when I was over there, I went to an old customer of mine who um, who has a great little wine shop um, in Newcastle, and um, um, we were just talking about um, regionalities mm. within New Zealand wine, and um, he said his customers that come in just assume that the Sauvignon Blanc they buy from New Zealand is Marlborough.
0: Totally. I've actually gone into restaurants that sell my Hawks Bay Sauvignon Blanc, and they've listed it as Marlborough on the right. wine list, because... I mean, I can't blame them. They just probably think it's automatic yeah. and they don't even look at the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's not even just the consumer, you know. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> but then uh, but then this guy did say that um, uh, because I noticed he had a, a new listing um, section and uh, there was some real good Hawke's Bay wines there. I mean, Trinity Hill were there. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, he said when it comes to Chardonnay, uh, his, his customers are, uh, are actually asking for Hawke's Bay Chardonnay. And they're starting to see um, – the regional differences with Chardonnay yeah. from New Zealand, um, which I think is great news. I think that's awesome. Um, because um, Chardonnay is probably my number one great variety. I absolutely love it. And I think New Zealand, the, uh, the yeah the different regions offer some
0: great variations. I uh, have told people bundles of times that the secret of New Zealand is Chardonnay because of the amount of great producers and range from Otago all the way up to, you know, Auckland, Kumi River and stuff. Exactly. And uh, Hawke's Bay sort of does fit right in there because it probably leans towards a warmer climate and a lusher style, but it's still got great acidity, yep. you know. Uh, that's cool. That's good news.
1: Yeah, so that, that was kind of, I felt kind of reassured by that, that, you know, the message is getting out there. Mm-hmm. And that, and it is just an educational thing, um, and that needs to be um, that needs to be pushed. Uh, by ourselves as a region and also by uh, New Zealand wine growers as well um, with the uh, with the big tastings that they do mm. um, overseas. So the message is getting out there.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it's tough though too because I've ha- had buyers and distributors just tell me straight up like don't bring me another Chardonnay. I've got a million of them from all over the world because everybody does Chardonnay but I really think we do it better than most places I mean we certainly do it a, a more distinct way and with the great acidity and things like that and so there'll always be a market for Chardonnay but yeah. it's like it's just a bit of an uphill battle in the sense that you know everybody there's Chardonnay from all over the world you know it's, it's really versatile and everything so just like it is in New Zealand it's really yeah. versatile you know They're, they grow it everywhere yeah.
1: so I guess one of the beauties of Chardonnay is it's versatility mm. Um, that each one is different yeah um and that, yeah, you know, I get people come to me and say that they don't like chardonnay, they don't want to try a chardonnay, but Americans, you know, you si- oh, all over. <laughs> you sit down with them, you take them through a, a range of just four or five, and you know there'll be one that will stand out for them. Definitely. Um, so yeah, there's a chardonnay out there for everyone. You just might not have tried. I think it's
0: probably you know comes down to acidity for New Zealand, so. too, and and I've heard people say they've sort of you know New Zealand's reinvented the the varietal because these sort of young soils we have it shows the real fruitiness of chardonnay too and the pure fruit where let's say it's dumbed down in other regions but it just doesn't show itself as well in the glass and so that's pretty cool to see that out there yeah definitely and do you go to oz or anywhere else as far as for sales or do you uh
1: no not myself
0: no yeah and but you've been a a traveled man or are you just kind of left the uk and came down here how'd you end up down here
1: yeah well uh well i got here in, in uh, 2009 start of 09 and uh i'd been in the uk wine trade for a couple of years before mm-hmm. that in hospitality for a bit longer yeah and um yeah i had been studying um uh, various wine courses did my wset's in the uk and then uh it was whilst i was working uh as a as a wine rep that uh I just felt I wanted to get my hands dirty, I wanted to get closer to the source mm-hmm. um, learn more, be more connected and so um started looking around at uh at wine schools around the world that I could actually go and get stuck in yeah so uh yeah, there was a few places on the list but uh, new Zealand won mm mm-hmm. uh never
0: been here, so it was a bit of a bit of a punt Stor- story sounds really familiar to <laughs> <my> <laughs> um yeah,
1: it just draws us all in um yeah. so yeah so um yeah I went to e i t and uh, that's where I studied uh, grape growing and winemaking, and um, yeah, I just forgot to go home really. Yeah, yeah. So good. Uh, yeah, my uh, my kind of winemaking experience has been Hawkes Bay. Um, the theoretical side is is worldwide. My kind of sales and marketing of the wine has been worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like to think that I can kind of pull things from different. From well, there's certainly areas. a
0: need for people like you not only in the industry overall, but in Hawks Bay that has a perspective of, or sort of international perspective or what really happens out on the floor in sales to, to actually work in the industry on this close to the production and sales to say, like, you know, these are the type of things we should be doing and events and things like that. And we were just talking before we turned the microphones on about, you know, having some events for young winemakers mm-hmm. and things like that. So... Uh, which is a, a really good segue into talking about our sponsor for the Decibel Wines podcast, Decibel Wines. There you go. So, <laughs> uh, please don't mind if I uh, whore myself out for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we've got new website coming and um, some new wines about to be released. And usually I mention this in the beginning of the podcast, but I thought I'd lure you in and make you a part of it. So, Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's going to be a bunch of events coming up. Just go to decibelwines.com, at decibelnan, and we're on Facebook under Decibel Wines. You'll find us there. And speaking of which, uh, you're pretty uh, into the social media, not just like you use it for sales and things like that, but you're actually on it, chatting. You're somebody who I communicated with just on Twitter to get here today, and uh, that's cool. So what... what have you found it seems to me i can't even keep up with the amount of the sort of community out there and you, you seem to be a big part of that and that's pretty cool for you you like and you enjoy that i take it. oh look it's uh it's a great
1: community to be a part of and uh, there's some great people out there that are online mm-hmm. uh, that you get to converse with um i think this industry really suits social media yeah uh, especially when it comes to twitter mm-hmm. um yeah there's there's a lot of um a lot of people out there who who are keen to share their uh, their knowledge their experience um so that's been invaluable f- from my point of view for learning mm-hmm. um from a a more business minded side of things um yeah, we use uh, we use facebook and we use twitter um probably a lot more than we do the the website these days um for us, the website is kind of like the hub, and then everything else just feeds totally. off of that. But, um, the kinda, store.
0: It's almost like the store. That's prime. it. You use it at the yeah. store,
1: yeah. Whereas uh, Facebook, for example, is when we, we kind of get the uh, the more up-to-date messages out there, and we uh, we try and draw the traffic to the store from from that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just being able to build up um, um, contacts and relationships with uh, with key people, not just in the New Zealand industry but also worldwide. So a lot of the media that come to visit, a lot of the riders... Um, you know, we engage with with those guys uh, before and after uh, their visits um, and and keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a great tool.
0: Yeah. It's awesome to, I've met more people and I think, well, I met you years ago and we kind of knew each other, knew each other's faces, but I think it was really through Twitter that I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I'd run into you once in a while in the tasting room or something. uh, But I still, you know, sort of started thinking, oh, this guy's actually doing a good job. He's online. line. He's active. He's really interested. And you kind of gravitate to that uh, on Twitter. You see who's doing cool stuff, who's saying funny things, who's doing sure. this and that. And it's pretty easy <laughs> to tell people, too, who just have a Twitter account and don't know what the hell to do with it or just once in a while say, I am here or take a picture and that's it, rather than, you know, join the conversation. Oh, that's what uh, they say yeah. and, and – uh you know, there's. <clears throat> I hope to talk to Pat up at Mudbrick. He's an old buddy, and he seems to be the same way. And I think the people that don't get it uh, are either kind of old school, and they just don't want to get it, or don't want to accept it, or they just don't get the idea that it's 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 not so tense and official, and it's like you just can be kind of chill out and have a conversation. And be hey, this is going on this night, and, that. and yeah, you can sure. open the door a little bit, and you can still choose to be private about certain things but uh you can have a conversation with people and just be a little more open about things uh that you want to be open about and and have a dialogue that goes on that you know might go from day to day it doesn't all have to happen in real time it's hey check this out and by the way you go into this thing and blah 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 so uh that's good and and any you got, or Do you personally have any issues there? Or have you had any Twitter wars or anything like that, <laughs> you know?
1: Uh, Behind-the-scenes movie. There's yeah. been a few comments. There's been a few people that have pissed you There's... off all Because it
0: happens. I mean, I would think – I've had a couple things where I've just been like, I'm not going to reply. Or and it's, That was probably more on Facebook and stuff. But sure. it absolutely has to happen. You know, it's going to happen. Oh, you yeah, of like course It's the uh – the trolling
1: nature of yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, you're behind a computer screen, aren't you? So I think sometimes you get some feelings computer muscles. Be, yeah. Um, oh look, I mean, uh, I try to be polite, and mm-hmm. um, I've been told off a few times behind the scenes for a few comments, but I still stand by my comments.
0: Yeah. Um, it was just an opinion. Um, yeah, I think it's tough because there isn't tone on text messaging or Twitter <laughs> or even email. Yeah. Email's a little longer, so maybe you can explain yourself. But if you just try to say – you might say something quickly and then you kind of look back at it and go, oh, I don't think he understood my no. tone. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of it's come from. <laughs> might be sarcastic or I didn't really mean it in a dick way. I just meant it in a re- a real way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, 140 characters. You're fairly,
1: fairly – yeah, we need symbols. We need some kind of code to mm-hmm. say that's sarcasm. I've
0: seen some people kind of have well, – less emoticons than some other sort of symbols they put in there, but I don't know how they do it. Uh, they're obviously a little more advanced than I am in that. Uh, but I really enjoy it, you know. I try to tie it in. But I do, coming from somebody who's a I I kind of ride the line of being a, a producer uh, or a like a – yeah, like a winemaker producer into – more stuff like this too where I'm podcasting I'm part of the conversation of sure. just being a fan of wine as well and yeah there's a little bit you have to control a little bit what you say because you know people might be like but I, I you know I still throw it out there sometimes I don't yeah. try to get too personal with it but keep it fun anyway yeah yeah true I agree
1: yeah, yeah. everyone's got an opinion you're entitled to an opinion and uh, as long as you can back it up
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm Yeah. You know. So, uh, wintertime now in Hawke's Bay. You're back from the UK. Oh, well, what else happened on the UK trip, first of all? Uh, You said you made some stops. What's going on in the sort of economy, wine market, all that kind of stuff there? Yeah. Besides I mean, Tesco's and cheap wine that I always hear about, I've never been to the UK, but that's all I hear about. You know, um, the buying power of Tesco's. You
1: know. uh, look, the supermarkets have have got a lot of power, but um, I was actually quite impressed with a lot of the ranges that I saw in some of the supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one day I was actually stood for a good maybe half an hour just looking. Yeah. Um, just impressed with the range, but yeah, look, they they do have a lot of power, but um, at the same time they can they can do a lot of good with it as well. Um, it's a little bit different from the supermarket position in New Zealand where it's a duopoly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think uh, choice is a little bit more limited, especially when it comes to the international side of things. Um, but, yeah, I mean... In th- New Zealand, choice In is New Zealand, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look, we've got some great wines in New Zealand, that's fair enough, but when you're looking further it's afield, it's, it's a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, the, the, the wine merchants I was talking to, a few of my old contacts, uh, were fairly optimistic in the UK, which is good to see. A um, bit, of, bit of growth um, going on for them. Um, not huge like it used to be, but it's...
0: Because the UK, the way I envision it, is probably a lot like the East Coast in the US, in that they, have, they don't really make much of their own wine, but they've got big ties to Europe and the old world. And well obviously UK has big ties to Europe. But they have big ties to France and Italy and Spain and and the variety when you walk into some of these shops is almost overwhelming. Yeah. You're just like, holy shit, is South America and and New Zealand I mean New Zealand at some of these wine shops is like, you know, maybe three, four meter long section. And you're like, that's pretty better than most New Zealand shows. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I kind of envision the UK being the same way because they seem to be into wines from all over the world and, yep. and have a sort of a, a good knowledge base there for a long history of buying, obviously, from France yeah, and things exactly. like that. So.
1: But also um, a lot of interesting varieties and um, new regions as well. Mm. Um, so that there's always something new mm. uh, to be looking into, which is, which is,
0: yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, because a lot of the – we get some of the U.K. programming down here, and we get cooking shows and things like that. And I can tell just from, like, we're going to grab a, you know, Chilean or Carmenere, you know, some South America or something, and you're like, that's pretty good. They don't seem to be on to it, you know, and it's not, like, a rare thing. Sure. So uh, you can kind of sense that – plus just talking to people, you know, you sort of sense there's a a really good – range there, and people have, you know, even the average person is just real into a wide range of things, yeah, so yeah. that's good. And that's much like the States. I think we're lucky in that sense, uh, but we also have that big state of California that produces just a bit of wine as well. Just a bit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you been to the States? No. Oh, you got to get up there. Yeah, no, I intend to. Yeah, really, I think you really probably you do well there. Nice accent with the chicks and everything. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always, always a door in. You know I'll, I mean? uh, I'll stick that on the list. Yeah, I'll yeah, say. yeah. You get a, <laughs> always a good start, and we certainly got some places where you can at least grab a, a your first free pint uh, in Philly. So nice. Uh, and so, what else, man? What um, you know? Do you have anything bad to say? Or I don't know if it's like le lure you in, or is there anything sort of disappointing that you'd like to see change or or maybe that you'd uh you'd like to see a bit more of coming out of maybe just Hawke's Bay or New Zealand overall?
1: Uh nothing bad. Maybe uh, yeah, there's certainly things I'd like to see. Um or things that kind of frustrate a little bit. Um we kind of touched on it earlier about that kind of the old vanguard of, of Hawke's Bay. Mm. Um, you know there's some great uh younger Winemakers out there, and uh, yeah, I'd just like to see them maybe um, just push things on a little bit more, uh, maybe start sharing the limelight with the uh, with the old school. Yeah, it's um, not to say that the old winemakers are bad; and far from it. Um, you know, I just think I'd like to see more experimentation going on in Hawkes Bay. Yeah, um, rather than just relying on what we've always done. Um, so I know we've got some kind of new. Or relatively you know Syrah is the kind of the buzzword uh, mm-hmm. for us at the moment um, but you know we've been growing that what ten fifteen years now we, we need to kind of look at other things and just in terms of um, viticultural practices and uh, and wine making um, I'm a big fan of organics and biodynamics and you know you can count on less than one hand the number of producers around here that are that are following those philosophies
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah I think there's probably the whole sustainable thing and sustainable wine growing in New Zealand is obviously overall a good thing. But what it did was it provided a lot of the conventional producers to not, to just use that as say, okay, well, we're doing enough as opposed to, you know, we, you know, and just say, oh, that's easy to do. And we can follow these. It's not totally easy to do. You do have to follow some guidelines and watch your P's and Q's, but, you know it did provide a sort of easy out to say okay yeah we can follow those rules that's pretty simple sure as opposed to saying like well why can't we just go full on organic you know biodynamic i understand if you're some of the philosophies and for everybody uh i personally i i we've done it in the garden here and we've done some things with it and um you know my my partner she's real into it and everything and I think mostly it's about paying attention, really yeah. paying attention to the cycles and everything that's going on in your in your land. not that organics isn't, but it's really to the next level, yeah with the preparations and the uh, you know the the way you know you you do these certain tasks uh, that might seem hokey if you just read about it, but when you actually start doing them and over the course of time, you realize, yeah okay, and then you watch the soil and you watch things change and but I can see that's a big step for somebody to to go into. But organic, I mean, everything was organic before nineteen forty. You know what I mean? So sure. uh, there's, it's yeah, you have to spend a bit more time in the vineyard. But uh, certainly, with all the virus out there and things like that, it's worth doing. I agree. You know, I agree. well, that's good. Good to hear you say. Yeah. I was, I had no idea. Uh, I think probably that's something else that's part of a, our generation, if you will. That uh, We'd like to see that and push for that. Uh, it's something maybe uh, that this sort of old guard, like you said, that have best intentions but might just say, I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> sure. Uh,
1: and, I mean, I've, I've spoken with a few people around here that, because, you know, like I said, there are a few organic producers, mm. and, and they find it incredibly hard to um, to do things organically mm. uh, in Hawke's Bend. And my experience has been the Gimlet Gravels. Mm. Um the soils there, as you know, are very uh,
0: well. Hayden's doing a good job. He of ro- is. Uh, no, ro- no, no, ro- yeah, like I said, but he's, it, he's it has. But it's taken him a few years exactly to yeah. get it to where it is now.
1: And, and a lot of them tend to have been um, vineyards that were established conventionally, then converted. Yeah, I think um, that's the trying to start a vineyard organically on the Gimblet gravels is yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be a tough, tough, tough ask. Yeah. Um, yeah, you the know, hayden's doing a good job and uh i quite like the work of stonecroft um mm. uh, big fans of uh, of their wines um i'd just like to see more
0: yeah it would be good and, and maybe that's the there isn't much gibbet gravels left to be planted so that's true <laughs> uh, maybe some of those vineyards could be turned over though it seems like uh you know delegates and villa have you know a good chunk of that these days and villa uh possibly they have some organic blocks, but, yeah that's delegates I don't see them doing anything but trying to make a buck so it could be you know uh that's a uphill battle for them there I don't see them releasing any organic ones no. unless <laughs> there's something going on there that I'd never heard of but um but yeah, I mean that being said, uh where I'm working now uh and where I've gotten some fruit from in the past for my wines on the triangle you know it's probably a bit easier a bit heavier soils sure. a bit more nutrient in the soil can do better being your establishment and yeah maybe i think that's also another part of it too you know i had jeff i uh, was the giblet gravels administrator on here and we obviously talked about the gravels a lot and what a special place it is and this and that but uh overall you know i my eyes have been opened wide to some of the great reds just grown over on the you know it's different you know and in, yeah. and in some years you know take i don't know two thousand eight for example uh where we got some early rains and the gravels were ahead and the timing isn't always the best for the gravels because they can be ahead on certain things, and where it's a bit of a longer season out there, they kind of missed all those rains and then just let it hang out sure. for. And so that can happen in any given year, and it is, uh, uh, you know, give Gravel is a real special thing. But outside that, Hawkes still gets great sunlight hours and really good, you know, heat and things like that. And, and you know, eight out of ten summers, which I think we're starting to see right now. Uh, <laughs> And so you know there's the Tomata Hills and there's Esk and there's out you know out uh out Clearview way and Tiawanga. there's some great great heat out yep. there uh so it's and those places certainly could all do it yeah uh so and, yeah
1: and I'd like to see that kind of um sub regionality pushed a little bit more. I don't think the time's right for that yet, I think we still need to just get Hawkes Bay. Totally. Out there, and then we can start looking at uh, the sub-regions. Um, but Gimmick Grub is a fantastic example. I mean, they are you know, known already around the world. Um, really? Totally.
0: Um, as that kind of sub-region of Hawke's Bay. Um, yeah, well, going back to what I said before about how the, some of the master sa- or sommeliers and stuff will be like, Oh, yeah, East Coast, they'll say... One of the other things they'll say is Gibble Gravels, sure. right? You yeah. know they'll know that because I think it's on a lot of the SOM tests, oh, is that <laughs> or the, something. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those things like, oh, you know, that's a known as a red region, you know, for Syrah and Bordeaux blends. So, uh, but sorry, I cut you off. You were saying? No, well, exactly. Um, that the gravels is a special place, kind of. You know? Oh, yeah, we, we we all know that. Yes. Um, sure. But
1: yeah, that that but like you said, that like the uh, the other regions that we had within Hawkes Bay, hmm. you know. Um. um Dartmoor Valley, you know, um, a little bit heavier. Um, get more aromatics out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Chardonnay's pretty good out there. Good Merlot off there. Like you said, the Tomato Hills, Bridge Park, where we are now. Um, Tawanga,
0: you know, that coastal region, bit of a cooler influence. Um, yeah, so I quite like seeing these. You know what I was just reading, I was just thinking when you were saying that, is with this new water scheme thing that everybody's been talking politically about and all that. And that's probably a whole nother conversation. It's something I don't know enough about, uh, uh to, uh, argue either way, uh, environmentally with the impacts going to be and all that. But one of the things I read is that it's going to open central and Southern Hawks Bay up to a lot more things. And that's a whole nother region that gets maybe more into Pino or something sure. like that. It's slightly cooler down there, but just driving through there i don't know if you've driven through there much it seems like it's just these open plains that could probably get pretty damn hot too you know i know uh uh, well lime rock's kind of down that way uh, and they do a decent merlot um but who's the other one junction and there's a couple other ones that are out out that way i mean it's tough enough to get tourists to the regular part of hawks bay but down there uh, you know, I guess it's along the wine trail to Martinborough. Yeah, sure. Uh, but that ought to be interesting, too, to see what comes out of down um, there.
1: Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm a fan of some of the wines from Central. Mm. Um, Rock would be my, my main one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their whites are really expressive. Um, really like their Sauvignon Blancs, uh, just a different kind of minerality that we totally. down yep. there. Uh, obviously, Limestone Rock, um, a little bit cooler, higher elevation. Yep, perfect for Pinot Noir. Mm. Um, and again, Lime Rock do some good stuff. Um, yeah, there's, it's good to see more vineyards being planted down there. A lot of them tend to be uh, away from those plains. Mm. Um, I tend to see more on the on the rolling on, hills, on the slopes. Yeah, oh, that's so, good. And all um, with oh, that nice kind of northern aspect, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it does open up.
0: Yeah, that could complicate things off if they start putting Pinot down there, and then everybody's like, "Well, what the hell does Hawkes Bay do?" Yeah, you know? <laughs> everything. Yeah, I know, and that's a—I don't know for you, but that was one of the draws for me when I started researching New Zealand. I was looking at uh, Lincoln, and uh, I think there was a school down in Blenheim, but I looked at Hawkes Bay, and it was like, "Wow, they do a lot of different." Okay, what do they do here? You know, and and I always joke around that I always say that. Hawks Bay also sounds cool. You know, I like the way it's like looks on a bottle and sounds it's like, oh, it sounds cool. All All right. Hawks, the Hawks <laughs> Bay, you know? Um, so, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's, you know, tons of things they do well here. And uh, maybe that's part of the issue is the focus.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, I think that is maybe what's kind of held us back a little bit. I mean, you look at the success of Melbourne, and it's been based on Sauvignon Blanc and, and there's some great other varieties um which is now getting more and more uh awareness but yeah when we have so many varieties it, mm. it's it's hard to kind of tell people what what our message is
0: you know um, well if, if I can afford barrels <laughs> more barrels in the coming years I'd love to do a, a red blend which you know like Unison does a classic blend and yeah. I, I think that's a unique wine and I just think it's really tough to compete in places like the U.S. or the U.K. And and really, that's what we have to look at as Hawke's Bay as an export market. Uh, to compete a, with the Bordeaux varietals, just str- strictly say this is a Merlot Cab Sav or Cab Sav Merlot Cab Franc. There's definitely a market for that, and sure. there's some special, special wines. Uh, but I think if we opened it up a little more, uh, you know, you look at, red blends coming out of Russian River Valley in California and there's been six success there and uh, yeah some of the, you know, Australia does some cool red blends and things like that uh, because it's pretty tough I think Merlot's a tough market as well to just get into straight Merlots but that sort of Syrah Merlot, Syrah Merlot, Cab Sav, things like that, those blends uh, or just you know, we're known for reds and it's going to change every year what the blend is, and uh, that was one of the cool things I liked that Unison did uh, is the percentage might change, and they yeah. just call it something, and that's that's the idea behind the white blend I'm doing is I might might have a new varietal in it next year, uh, but it would be pretty cool uh, because it, I'd want it to be a nice barrel-aged uh, blended red, but something, you know, that because you're putting a couple different parts together, maybe you're not doing that, real high-end Bordeaux blend, you know, homage, that's a Bordeaux blend, right? Yeah, you know, I always mix up the Trinity ones. Or 2112 at at Paratua, or it was the Helmsman and things like that. I mean, they're iconic, awesome brands. I don't want to knock them at all. Coleraine, I mean, these are great wines, and there's a special place for those. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, But, you know, maybe coming in at a more competitive price range, released a little earlier, if... You and by using Syrah because I think at the heart of it Syrah is pretty badass and pretty fun in Hawkes Bay what we do because from my experience I don't know about you but going back tasting everything from I think I've tasted some 2000 and 2002 Syrahs but you know basically from 04 on I've had a pretty good mix of wines from a lot of different producers of Syrah and even in the years that were supposed to be bad they're still pretty cool wines because they definitely you know they're maybe Perf- more perfumey, more more acid, things like that, but they seem to offer more wines, and you find the same?
1: Yeah, um, so I've been trying a few of the 12s recently, so 12, you know, wildly considered to be one of our most challenging yes. uh, vintages around for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Um, but you know what? There's some smart wines. Yep. There's some real smart wines out there. Um, Chardonnay's, um, you know, look at Trinity Hill with their... Um, Gravel's black label Chardonnay that won wine of the show in Sydney for the twenty twelve. This mm. It's beautiful Chardonnay. Um our Chardonnay twenty twelve, um, that's just come home with some trophies. Um and then when I was in
0: R, but you mean CJ Pesk. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't even talk about that, but uh, we'll that's get okay. to that in a second.
1: Um and just trying some of the twenty twelves with uh, with Hawkes Bay Wine Growers just this week. You know, there's it's, it's there's some actually good wines. And to to go back to Syrah... um I've been pleasantly surprised by the Shiraz from 2012. Uh, I mean, on paper, you'd think that 2012 wasn't a red vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Syrahs that have come through are in that more um, cooler climate um, style. Great acid. Um, it's balanced. Um, more of the... Uh, more aromatics are coming through. Um, it's not those kind of big, jammy, overripe um, Shiraz styles, yeah. um, which I think is a good thing.
0: Yeah, totally. Um,
1: yeah, so, um... Yeah, Sarai's so a personal favorite.
0: Um, yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, it's good to see it's that... Cr- you know, it was one of those in the beginning, I was like, okay, and then... Some of the first great ones I had were the 06s. They were kind of out when I first got here in 08 and started to be released. Vital had some really great ones that were just... You know, their $20 ones were fantastic. And, um... It really grew on me. Uh... But, go- oh, sorry, going back... Uh... C.J. Pask, where you work, is a very historic place, you know. How long is, when did they, were they established, 70s or something? Or? No, um, uh, 81. 81, Yeah, pretty close. And as the story I know, or that I've been told, I should say, is that <coughs> uh, Alan Limmer, who's the Stonecroft guy, was kind of the one who really fought for the gravels uh, with the town council, but Chris Pask, who's uh, sort of... Would it be okay to say, "Old Man Pask? <laughs> I don't know if he'd like he'd that. He probably call himself that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was right there along the way as establishing the Gibbot Gravels and yeah. and uh, one of the pioneers of Hawkes Bay uh, winemaking. And uh, but I don't actually know that much about that guy or, uh, you know, th- that winery where it is—is is that o- where it's always been and all that kind of stuff? So.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yes. Yeah, so Chris was—he um, was a top-dressing pilot. Back in his day, and uh, top dressing. Top dressing, yeah.
0: So I mean, he's a great pilot. <laughs> yeah. Or he means he dressed really well. He dressed well. Like Brit- yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. a British <laughs> thing. I didn't quite. Um,
1: know. So um, <laughs> seeding fields from from from. Oh, the area. top dressing. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Yeah. Um, crop, crop dusting. dusting that okay. Kind of thing, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so yeah, <laughs> he was uh, he was flying over that area on a on a day to day basis. Um, he had a, a small vineyard. Um, elsewhere, uh, not too far away, just a fairly small thing, just for himself. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, you know the story as well as anyone else. The uh, you know back then you you could hardly give that land away down on Gimlet. Um, yeah. You know, the uh, there was that rubbish dump, there was the drag strip, and the army had the. I gotta admit,
0: when I go down Gimlet Road, because I uh, I've got some wine being made down there this year. It's really tough not to try to go like a hundred and fifty K. Yeah. You know, right. Because it's so <laughs> flat and there's nobody on the road. I'm like, this must have been a mean drag strip, you know. It's yeah. just the perfect spot for it. And yeah. I heard people are pretty pissed off when they lost that as a drag strip. I yeah. can see why, you know. We're not admitting to speeding there, are we? Oh no. No. Yeah, no. Right. no I um, meant on my bicycle. Yeah, 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 that's right. I sure. Yeah, I just sure. go for a run. Mm-hmm.
1: Um Yeah, so um he took a bit of a and uh, and got some land down there and uh, uh he was planting uh, it was reds so he was planting cab Sav and merlot um because it was found that the soils were obviously very similar to uh to bordeaux so why not do the bordeaux varieties um and so that was 1981 he started planting and uh, over time kind of increased our holdings of uh, vineyards down there um the the current winery um, that's been in place uh, since the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the outskirts of Hastings, um, but that was planted with the plant That was built when uh, when it was still orchards and fields, and but over time, the industrial estate has kind of surpassed us. Yeah. So it just seem like we're in a bit of an odd spot there. But. Um,
0: oh, you mean where the tasting room is? Yeah, yeah, the thing, actual yeah. winery itself. Yeah. yeah, but it's still kind of got this cool building with big doors and. You kind of tell that's been there a little while. It's sure. just like one of the old Hastings buildings or something, you know? Yeah. That's that's why I asked. Not to say that, yeah, obviously, in, you know, Amahu Road is built up around it over the course of time. You can kind of tell that was there before anything else was right. really, yeah, you yeah. know? You guys didn't – 1990 Bay Espresso wasn't there already, you know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so they – but the uh, Pascoe's Vineyard's kind of all over the place now. No, no. Just just the gravel.
1: Just the Gimlet Gravels, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just the end of Gimlet Road. Um, So, yeah, we've got about – there's about 50 hectares Mm -hmm. that we have down there. And, um, yeah, most of it's red. Um, Merlot is our number one planted variety. Um, Syrah, the mix is certainly increasing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Chardonnay, we're – everyone on the team is passionate about Chardonnay yeah and uh, so no, there's been
0: some great ones out of there what is the declaration is that the so declaration's our our top tier yeah.
1: um, Chardonnay and um, they've kind of consistently won accolades from around the world and
0: well give it a, a plug man what is uh, they can find it on Facebook it's CJ Pass, basically or yeah well,
1: Pasquiner Winery is the name now we went through Pask a rebrand Winery. just last year so yeah. Pask, Um yep so we're on Facebook we're on Twitter uh, just Pasc Winery both of them uh, website Um yeah um, like I said about the Chardonnay mm. um, is our kind of number one white variety uh, and that's the one that um, we just recently came home from uh, from London from the International Wine Challenge with three trophies so uh, it was first of all it won gold this is the 2012 by the way mm-hmm. it won gold then it won uh, Best Hawke's Bay Chardonnay and then uh, Best New Zealand Chardonnay, the trophy for that. And then it was given the trophy for Best New Zealand White Wine, uh, awesome. which we we're, yeah, were pretty, pretty happy with Well, I guess
0: about. I was just thinking past – didn't they kind of – were they the wine that stole the show back in the day and really put the gravels on the map or something?
1: Yeah, that's kind of going back uh, – that would be the 98, the reserve. Um, and again, that was the IWC. Um yeah, that just romped home with all sorts of trophies and won the wine of the show. And I think it's fair to say, yeah, it kind of made people pay a bit more so attention. what the hell's that? Yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. give the Gravels? Yeah, yeah. Giblet what? Yeah. Um, a great wine. I mean, I tasted one not so long ago. We've only got about maybe six or seven bottles left
0: of it. But yeah. it's uh, it's beautiful. Somebody's got a... Oh, this is a few. Some old there. man's got a few cases in his cellar somewhere or something. I think you need to talk
1: to Jeff Wilson. I think he's got a few. Ah, yeah, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, and, uh, and our kind of message has always been about the um, the ageability of of Hawke's Bay wines. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the mindset is that New Zealand wines don't age. I think people haven't been aging them as well or as long as they could. Or well, should. they just
0: drink them young. That's probably yeah, well, the that's it, I, mean, it's, it's,
1: I think a lot of it is that kind of mentality that the Kiwi wine industry is a young industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's been dominated by Sauvignon Blanc, which you want to drink within a year or two anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so that, that kind of, uh, that age, that, sorry, that mindset about aging just hasn't really established itself. And even Hawke's
0: space I mean, you can let it go for a couple of years and oh, it's, it's yeah, nice, yeah. You know?
1: Um, yeah, I had a aged, um, Cape Crest. Oh yeah. Not that's, so long That's ago. built the last yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, I think that message is also getting out there that, uh, you know, we can age, people can age our wines, um, and we'll be rewarded for mm-hmm. doing so. Um. My willpower is no good. I can't age one. So.
0: <laughs> um, well, no, our part, our job is to see what's going on, you know, and if we do see an age bottle out there, open it so yeah. that we can, uh, we can see, you know, Critically tell assess. the people about yeah, it. Exactly. It. Yeah. You know, I can learn from it and try to make some of my own. Uh, no, that's cool, man. Yeah. I really, I remember hearing that story pretty early on about, uh, Pask and, or CJ Pask's wine at the whatever show and. That kind of changed everything for New Zealand, well, Hawks Bay Reds and everything. So, <clears throat> uh, it's probably neat to work at a place and be a part of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, to have some history behind it because there's, like you said, it's pretty young around here, and there's not a, a lot of history to draw from, and there's only a handful of wineries that. Well, what would we say? There's a, probably a dozen wineries around that have been here for a while, and and are sort of the stone cutters of the old day. Of uh, Hawkes Bay and Pasco's one, but you've gone through a rebranding, and so um, that's uh, sort of a look towards the future and, yeah. and a bit of a change. On yeah, some you know,
1: we kind of celebrated uh, 30 years, so it was a chance to just look at things and uh, and see where things were going to go. Um, and so, yeah, a good chance to just to um, refresh a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, a new distributor at that time as well, so that kind of timed in quite nicely. Yeah, so there's some big plans in place, and uh, yeah, we're
0: looking forward. Good. Yeah. Awesome, and you're gung ho. I haven't been over there in a while. I got to stop in and yeah, you should taste what. But uh, right now, I've got a bit of a cold, so no use in tasting right now. But this is the kind of time of year to. Uh... So, are you there? Are you pouring in there a lot of days, or some days, or? Oh
1: look, we're always there. Yeah, just. But on. you personally? Oh, me and. I the mean, owners. I want to
0: tell the chicks. If they want a proper tasting, you know, (laughs) 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 they need to go in there when Greg's there, you know, (laughs) hit them up at Twitter and uh, tell them you're going to stop by. Uh, Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad uh, you got to stop by and have a conversation on a lovely winter day. I'd actually, I was just thinking while we were talking here, uh, for you to come back sometime and maybe get a third person in, Uh, maybe, uh, you know, I could talk to a couple people you know i've uh, got a new computer now so shit i might be able to add a new microphone to it uh but might be an idea uh to uh get a more a, you know a three-person conversation going which i haven't really done in the past but you seem like uh somebody who knows uh, not only a lot about hawks bay but uh some other things going on in the world so it'd be neat to to do it but uh thanks a lot and uh, maybe we'll crack a bottle open and Get off this coffee. It's Sunday for crying out loud. (laughs) Sounds good. Cheers, man. And uh, like we said, uh, check out uh, my at Decibel Dan and uh, at um, Greg K Allison. One L?
1: No, A-double-L-I-N-S-O-N.
0: Okay. And uh, Pasc Winery and obviously decibelwines.com. And uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks.